Welcome to the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast. I am your co-host, Billy Amusio. With me, as always, is Jody Smith. Uh, we're going to be running through our running back rankings and our wide receiver rankings today, talking about five players from each, comparing them to ECR, uh, and, and discussing why we either like them or don't like them. Uh, and especially as fantasy playoffs are now here, Jody, uh, people are relying on rankings even more so than the times in the past to get into the playoffs. We don't want to be Dallas Cowboys. We don't want to be one and done. We want to win uh, our fantasy championships uh, and hopefully go home with some glory. Um, have, speaking of fantasy championships, Jody, I think we have, we're in on the FSGA for the industry draft. Uh, we're into playoffs for one of the Kings classics, or did both of them make it in? No, the auction team didn't, uh, even though we were fourth in points forward for the season, I think. We were um, third most points allowed. So all in all, and, and you're talking about an experts league with 14 teams, so it was a very barren situation on the waiver wire all year. But I think the team actually was pretty good. With a couple of breaks, we would have you know, snuck into the playoffs there. I don't know that it was a good enough roster to necessarily win, but you know, when you're fourth in points out of uh, 14 expert leagues, you know, it's still something to uh, you know, walk away proud from, even though we went uh, – Six and eight. Yeah, so I went uh, 500 in the redraft uh, Kings Classic League. We, we we beat Brad Evans the last week uh, to, to get the last spot into the playoffs. Uh, the team has been shaping up, though. We, we had some ups and downs, never been able to find a consistent tight end all season. We traded for a tight end. Uh, the week we traded away Curtis Samuel for Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz got hurt and was out for the season. Uh, so we never, never even had a full tight end all season long. Uh, I did start Hunter Henry last week. I've been just streaming off the waiver wire. So that one was was nice because we only won by a few points versus Evans, and, and that that helped. So had I picked the stream wrong last week, then then we wouldn't have made playoffs. But we're in the playoffs in that one. FSGA, uh, we went uh, 11 and 3. So we, 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 we got the bye week. Uh, nice relaxed week this week, just looking at the waivers, and that's all we have to do. Uh, and then we're going to be facing off first the the final four next week. That, so that was the league that you drafted, and uh, you got panned by the uh, Sirius XM crew, didn't you? Yeah, everyone was 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 totally against my draft. I actually went zero running back in that, and it was a a, a pretty heavy running back draft. I mean, I think I had pick. It's a fourteen team league as well. I had pick thirteen. Everybody except for one person went running back ahead of me. So we had 12 or 10 or 11 running backs off the board. The first wide receiver to go was Cooper Cup. Um, oh, two, two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup went. So uh, the rest of them were all running backs. So 10 running backs off the board in the first round. Um, I came back around. I took Diggs, who was my wide receiver uh, two for the season, but I took him uh, and then came back around and got Devontae Adams. Um, at my round two pick, then came back around again. I didn't pick a running back in this league until like round six in, in a 14 teamer where you're starting to, uh, the first running back I selected was Tony Pollard. And then I just loaded up on handcuffs like Jeff Wilson, who has been starting for me most weeks this week, not so much. Um, luckily I'm in a bye week. So give him, give him another week to get healthy. Um, but just kind of, you know, threw a bunch of handcuffs on the, on, on, on the team. I had Khalil Herbert for a while. So a lot of these guys came up strong for me. Pollard was was clutch. I mean, he's he's been able to just start every single week for the most part on this roster uh, and get away with it. And had Melvin Gordon at times, so he was able to get me through some some um, some tougher times at running back as well. But overall, very successful in our industry drafts. I think two out of three in the playoffs, not too bad. So uh, full time fantasy giving a nice good rep for the industry. Uh, let's move on running backs. Uh, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco. So Pacheco this week gets the Houston Texans. Uh, ECR is, is running back 14. My rank is running back 11. Your rank is 13. So both higher than ECR. Since uh, CEH went down week 11, Pacheco is the running back nine in half point PPR. He has four straight top 20 finishes, three inside the top 14. He's facing off against Houston this week, like I said earlier, who gives up the most fantasy points uh, per game to the running back position. They, they average 29.5 fantasy points against them. They give it the fourth most yards per carry at 5.0. They also give up 141 rushing yards a game. That's a lot of that is game script as well. So you got to keep that in mind. 
And then they've given up 16 total touchdowns on the year, a little bit more than one per game. Uh, and we both know Kansas City is 14-point favorites in this match. We expect that pace of play to continue for Kansas City. We expect them to continue to run the ball and to uh, continue the ground game against this this bad run defense. What do you think about Pacheco outside of anything I just said? Well, you have to love the matchup from a certain perspective. I mean, the concern comes in what we saw, what Kansas City happened just this past week when they were up just like that, 27 nothing. Now, that could be a great thing for the running game, but it also could be an issue where they kind of phase him out a little bit to keep him healthy and from taking a lot of punishment, and they go with the Ronald Jones, or they go with the Melvin Gordon, maybe if he's active this week. So that, you know, it's a slight concern, but the only other concern you can have for Pacheco is he's, He's not really catching a, a ton of passes. I know he's caught one and then two and then three passes the last three weeks. So you like to see that trending in the right direction. But but overall, that's a job that goes to Jarek McKinnon. We saw how uh, fantastic McKinnon was in that spot last year. And McKinnon also sometimes comes in and robs those um, you know short yardage and goal line type carries. But um, I mean, overall, I think both of us have Pacheco ranked about where he should be, which is a um, – you know, a bottom tier RB1 or a very top end RB2 this week. It's just, uh, you know, I think we're only two spots behind. But again, best matchup you can possibly have for any fantasy running back this year has been against Houston. And, and that's what the Chiefs have. So, um, and, well, one thing you do like about Pacheco is he's um, kind of taken on that, that, that um, role for Clyde Edwards Elaire, where he's actually becoming uh, pretty decent in short yardage and all that. So, I mean, you could see a situation. The Chiefs get really cute when it comes down to the goal line, which as a uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, a person that has a lot of uh, invested interest in Patrick Mahomes, I love to watch it, and I don't want to see them <laughs> – I don't want to see him turn around and hand the, the ball off all that often. But, um, you know, it, it can be a, a, a concern if you're counting on that you know, multiple touchdowns out of Pacheco. But, you know, in this matchup, even without a ton of targets – uh, you know, even without a, a a real chance of getting all the goal line looks, you still have to think that this is an easy uh, 10, 12, 14 point uh, outing for uh, Pacheco. And that's probably like the floor. Yep. Great thing you said there. Uh, Tony Pollard gets Jacksonville this week. Uh, him and Zeke at both. Uh, but Tony Pollard has just been electric this year. ECR is seven. My rank is six. Your rank is six. Five of the last six games, he has finished as the RB8 or higher. Two of those games, he's finished as the RB1. He does get the Jags uh, defense this week, who is the ninth worst versus the running back position. They give up 24.7 fantasy points per game to the running backs. They give up the fourth most receiving yards per game. So this was an interesting one because we we might see Zeke struggle a little bit more versus this offense where Pollard is going to have uh, a, a, a much easier match because he is typically the go-to in the passing down situations. Um, they do give up the 10th most yards per reception to the running back as well. Uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of people who maybe roster both Zeke and both Pollard. What can you expect from Pollard this week, and what can you expect from Zeke as well? Well, I mean, you got to stick with what's been working. What's interesting is that um, they've both been so effective Lately, once uh, Zeke came back from missing those games, there was the concern that, um, you know, he would come back in and, and put Pollard back into maybe a, you know, 30 to 33 percent snap share. That, that's not what we've seen. Actually, Pollard has outsnapped uh, Elliott in, I want to say, five out of six games or five out of seven, something like that. But they're using them brilliantly at this point right now. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a thunder and lightning type thing, except both of them are. are you know, three down backs that can come in and they can catch. Uh, you know, Zeke's probably the preferred guy when it comes to pass protection and all that. But, you know, that's an element that, that probably won't matter all that much. Um, I think at this point, if you were lucky enough, like you were in your FSGA team where you got Pollard in a zero RB situation, you know, it's like you hit a home run. And I think he's appropriately ranked as a uh, top 10 running back this week. What's, what's interesting about the Jags is, they haven't given up a touchdown reception to running backs all year. They're one of only like four teams that haven't done that. But 
they have given up like the second most receptions to the position. So, um, you know, this is the kind of situation where I, I expect they'll stick with exactly what's been working. So you'll see uh, pretty close to a, you know, this the snap edge will probably lean towards Pollard, but it won't be huge. It'll be something like, you know, 52, 54% of the snaps and Zeke will come in and, and that maybe get short yardage rips, but you know, sometimes they leave Pollard in to do that too. But uh, I like both of them this week. I mean, why wouldn't you? The game's got a pretty uh, enticing over under because there's some, uh, it's actually, you know, pretty low scoring. When you look at the uh, the totals this week, it's actually come down a little bit. So um, I, I think Pollard, you know, you stick with him as a top 10 back and uh, you know, Elliot, you know, again, at this point, if you, if you have him available, I don't know that I feel hundred percent comfortable starting both of them, but the way they've been playing over the last month, I mean, they're both most starts as far as I'm concerned. I have a league where I have been playing both of them for the last few weeks. Uh, it did run into some some injuries, so it made, pretty well, huh? yeah, made the decision a little easier once you ran into some injuries, but uh, had I had a full, healthy stable, it probably would have been a little bit more difficult to, to plug both of them in the lineup, but it has been working. Um, another running back who has been working last week, at least I should say was JK Dobbins in his, in his first game back from injury. Uh, he finished as the running back 10 in PPR leagues. He was 15 carries on the ground, 120 yards. And, um, he, he did have a touchdown there. Uh, ECR right now is running back 22. My rank is 19. Your rank is 19. So both of us same here again. Uh, he immediately took the backfield reins, which I was not expecting in his first game back. I was last week. I was a little bit lower than consensus on him, not thinking that he would be thrown into that type of, of workload. Uh, he actually out snapped Gus Edwards, 42.6 to 34.4 percent of the snaps. He saw 35.7 percent of the rush share versus 31 percent for Gus Edwards, and he also got two red zone carries. He didn't see any targets, but he did see a 31.6 percent route rate versus Gus Edwards, who only saw five percent. Uh, we know Huntley left the concussion. He was cleared today, so that's good news for the team. Um, that being said, I still expect them to run a lot because uh, the Browns are giving up the third most fantasy points per game to the running back position, 27.7 to be exact. Uh, it equates to roughly 113 rushing yards a game, 35 receiving yards, and they give up 5.2 yards per carry uh, and 17 touchdowns on the year as well. Uh, what can we expect from Dobbins? I saw... Uh, Dr. Chow today post, you see all the bumps on his knee uh, from they're like scars from the surgery and it not fully healing. It's a little concerning. Uh, and then that long breakaway run he had kind of looked like he was running with like, like a peg leg on it. He did not look fully healthy. Uh, he kind of had a little, a little hitch to his step. Um, what are we expecting from him this game? You, I mean, clearly they, they trusted him last week. Do you think they're just going to go right back to the well again this week? Yes, I think that the, the situation you saw last week, it, it's what I would expect them to kind of go with because it worked. You, you saw some slight progress out of Deshaun Watson in, in the passing game, so that was, I guess, encouraging. But, um, yeah, Dobbins himself actually said he's not 100%, which is very unusual to have a player be that kind of honest because most players, they're out there, they want to play. You know, they want to get out there and earn money. They want to get out there and, and secure their job, in particular a player who – you know, isn't it backfield that's going to divvy up carries amongst multiple different people every week? But, you know, assuming that they uh, take the same approach, hey, every game uh, that, um, except for one game in his career that J.K. Dobbins has gotten double digit carries, he's had double digit PPR points. So at this point, that's kind of like the, the, the golden goose that we're looking for. As long as he gets 10 carries, he's been extremely productive. And like you said, Billy, in, in this game, if, if we can rack up 10 to 12 carries for Dobbins, forget the passing production because that's been hit and miss with with Baltimore, mostly missed. They don't incorporate, and even with Lamar Jackson, they didn't throw a lot of passes to their running backs. In particular now, you have a, a backup running back, I mean a backup quarterback playing who himself hasn't officially cleared concussion protocol yet. So, yeah, I think you can see, uh, you know, you'll see a heavy dose of both Edwards and Dobbins, but like I like I think, Dobbins leads the way again. Gets uh, you know gets an edge and snap carries, uh, snap counts. He's going to be 10, 12, 14 carries, and at that point, like I said, with his history and with this outstanding matchup against the Cleveland's thirtieth ranked run defense, uh, you have to like him. Uh, and I think we have him ranked, you know, um, right there. What we're we're telling you is, uh, you know, he's a solid, he's a solid, solid RB two, RB three. 
Huntley did clear today, so that that was good news. So it, uh, second half of the day, it wasn't that long ago. I was a uh, little high on Huntley last week, just looking at at his history. But you know, I, I actually saw he played basically five eighths of the game. Uh, you know, two and a half quarters. He actually uh, got knocked out of the game in there in the third quarter. And if you took the pace he was playing at last week, and this is without any sort of much passing production, all no touchdown. If you took the pace and extended it out over the four quarters, he would have been around QB 15, 14 last week. So, no, he's about, that's about where I ranked him. So, another player I want to talk about, Pierre Strong. Uh, it's looking like they will possibly not have Ramondre Stevenson this week. We're unsure about Damian Harris, but unlikely to Damian Harris. So, we may see uh, a tandem of rookie running backs here running the ball for New England. Uh, as of right now, ECR is at 58. My rank is 31. Your rank is at 18. Um, we know Stevenson Whoa. left with it. My oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not quite as... Uh... 53. Sorry. that's I had the wrong number in there. Um, Jody's like, oh, I better go check my no, rankings no, real quick. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I mentioned earlier, Stevenson left with an ankle injury. Um, but we did see, you know, a decent amount of snaps for strong. He came in and saw 32.2% of snaps last week. He finished his running back 13, uh, sorry, he finished week 13 as running back 11. Uh, he only saw five carries, but he exploded for 70 yards and a score. He did see, uh, two targets. He did catch both those targets for 20 yards. Uh, and he did take over the passing down work where he saw 6.3% of that target share, uh, versus Harris, who saw 0%. Um, they're facing... The Las Vegas Raiders, as we all know, uh, who are fairly tough against the run. They're actually middle of the pack, 17th best. Uh, they only give up about 4.0 yards per carry. That's eighth best in the NFL. However, this is where they're exploitable. They give up third most yards per reception uh, at 8.6. They give up the most reception yards per game in the NFL at 53. They give up the 10th most rushing touchdowns with 10 and the fourth most receiving touchdowns with four. What can we expect from Strong or Harris in this matchup uh, if Harris and Stevenson are both out? And overall, the Raiders have been much worse as a fantasy run defense. They actually have a legitimate defense. Oh, my Billy, my ranking is significantly lower than yours just because I feel like Damian Harris is probably closer to playing than what we're hearing. And, of course, this is Bill Belichick in New England, so we can't trust anything. But yeah. my ranking currently is assuming that Stevenson is, in fact, out of the game. And, um, you know, the interesting takeaway from Monday was that uh, it was Kevin Harris who came in and was kind of, you know, dominating touches as the the RB2 there. It was before um, Strong finally got the opportunity. And, you know, clearly the vast majority of that production came on that long, long TD run. But you, you hit it nicely when you, you, you talked about his target. because that That's encouraging because um, if we do – get confirmation that Stevenson out is out, which is what I expect. And Harris is back. Uh, Harris has actually been underrated. Harris is on pace to have his most targets and receptions big time, you know, for his whole career. So I don't know that, that Pierre strong would necessarily be, you know, come in as a change of pace guy. It would probably be more of a, you know, committee type situation, but with the way they used Harris, he still um, is a guy that is coming off a 15 touchdown season. He still is, leading the team in uh, runs and touchdowns inside the five-yard line. Um, if Harris is back, my expectation is that he is you know, going to lead the way. That's why my, um, uh, my current ranking of Pierre Strong is uh, you know, lower. Of course, there's plenty of time for us to get some news and get some updates. So um, if we do, in fact, get confirmation that, that Harris is active, uh, you know, I might have Strong up a few more spots, but he's not a guy that I'm going to go out of my way because I just can't trust Bill Belichick. I just can't trust the way that... This- so fancy me here. If Damian Harris is ruled out and it's only Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, where would you rank these two? Okay. Uh, well, then at that point, you know, you're talking... Um, he gets into top 30 range because at that point, um, with the explosiveness that we saw last week, the, the pass-catching upside... Um, the matchup in itself with uh, Arizona is fantastic. Um, yeah. At that point, um, I'm probably going to lean. Uh, if they're both out, I'm going to put strong ahead of Damian Harris simply because of what we saw with him getting the targets last week. And like I said, he'll be in that, uh, you know, he'll be around 
let's just say, you know, for the sake of things, RB30, somewhere in that range sounds about right. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Bam Knight faces Detroit this week. ECR is 18. My rank is 18. Your rank is 18. So all of us in line with ECR. Uh, since week 12, he's actually the running back 10, averaging 13.6 fantasy points per game and half point PPR. Uh, he plays about 50% of the snaps every single game. He's been much more efficient than Carter. He's getting 39.1 fantasy points per every 100 snaps. He saw 77% of the rush share last week. Uh, he did give up the passing down roll to Carter. Carter saw 13.6% of the target share, while Bam only saw 4.5%. This week, they're facing Detroit. The Detroit's been pretty tough on the ground. They're the seventh best, uh, but they have given up the fifth most rushing touchdowns on the year with 13. Uh, and Bam is averaging right now 15 carries a game and has seen those carry numbers increase every single active game since taking over the role. What's your expectations this week of, of, of Bam Knight? And do you think that he is going to be able to put up another fantasy relevant game against this Detroit uh, defense? Who's actually pretty good against the run. Yeah. You hit on the, the, the exact points that I had kind of scribbled down that Detroit is actually, at least from a fantasy perspective, they're, you know, kind of top 10 when it comes to limiting fantasy points to running backs. However, it's those 13 rushing touchdowns that kind of stand out. That's uh, well below, well below average. And um, you got to love what you've seen out of Zonovan. You know, just came out of nowhere, and they just feel like every week his role has just increased and it's gotten better. You you know, another great point is that was it was a little discouraging to see Mike Carter come in and take most of that passing down work because Zonovan showed in the previous games that that he was, uh, you know, more than capable in, the, in that area. But uh, I'm really interested in this game from a standpoint of, of quarterback. I, I expect Mike White to be fine and to suit up for this game, but you have to worry about him taking a hit or getting knocked out of the game again after we saw him uh, twice last week get knocked out. So um, I have. Zonovan Knight, I was able to pick him up in the Scott Fishbowl, which I've somehow advanced to. I think we're going in around four. Nice. Congratulations. It's one of the few. I mean, most most of my in-season leagues didn't do so great. Well, a few of them I'm still okay. But um, I have I have Knight in my starting lineup with confidence. Uh, this game has a sneaky uh, shootout potential. I do have you know some concerns, and we'll talk about that in a little while with uh, with Detroit. But uh, you know, I kind of expect that the the Jets to rely a little bit more on, on, on night this week and to take some pressure off of White, maybe try to protect him a little bit. So I, I feel pretty comfortable starting him. I think we both have him ranked in the exact same spot. And, uh, you know, that's a RB 18. So obviously both of us feel like we solid start. Okay. Moving on to wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins gets Denver this week. ECR is 13. My rank is 12. Your rank is 14. So ECR has a split down the middle. We all know Kyler tore his ACL last week early in the game, and it's now McCoy at helm. In McCoy's two starts this year, that was weeks 10 and 11, Hopkins finished as wide receiver 15 in both those matchups. Should we just leave him at 15 since that seems to be the trend here? Or can we you know, both have him up a little higher? Um, Denver's been pretty tough in the secondary. They're the second best in the NFL, although they have been beaten in the slot, and Hopkins runs roughly 35% of his routes from the slot. Uh, and that being said as well, Denver has kind of, I don't know if it's a heart thing, but in the last four games, they have fallen to ninth overall inside. And that's also a, a, with opponents as well, but it just seemed like they have lost interest as a team. Uh, and especially that secondary in a couple of these games. Well, yeah, now you just lost Kyler Murray, your quarterback for the season. Uh, your uh, your general manager just uh, stepped aside for medical reasons this week. So uh, to me, it feels like <laughs> it's pretty much fit to be over for, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and for uh, Arizona. And there's a very good chance I feel like um, they'll be uh, starting over next year. So that kind of stuff clearly can creep into your players' uh, minds and, uh, you know, affect the play you know, more of a concern this week, like you mentioned, Billy is the, the matchup with Denver, who is uh, phenomenal this year, uh, second best fantasy defense against wideouts. And uh, Colt McCoy's passing numbers are actually roughly similar to uh, what we saw out of Kyler Murray, but um, the touchdown production hasn't been there when he stepped in this year, which is the concern in particular against an elite defense like this. And 
you know, this week uh, the Broncos have the second lowest implied total of the entire slate at only 17 points. Uh, that's, that, you know, that's obviously a huge concern. Uh, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, stud player, you, you're uh, almost guaranteed um, put him in your lineup. Um, it was probably pretty good value for anyone that drafted him probably, you know, in the middle rounds this year because of the suspension issue and you've probably been using him. So I could see it being a situation where if he's only a guy you've been putting in at your flex spot, you could, you could sit him. But I think most people that, that have DeAndre Hopkins this week, despite the matchup and despite the concerns with Arizona this week, and I have to keep trotting them out there. Next receiver we'll talk about is Brandon Ayuk uh, playing tonight. In, in about an hour versus Seattle, ECR is 23. I'm at 18. You're at 26. So we're 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 on opposite ends of this one. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, in the one game that Debo was out week eight versus Los Angeles Rams, I finished as wide receiver 10 that week. Uh, we do have a different quarterback at helm. We have Joe Montana. I mean, Brock Purdy, who's throwing the ball. <laughs> you see that meme that I think I posted on Twitter where yeah. the Spider-Man, where it has the glasses and it phase from Montana to Purdy. Um, Purdy's looking pretty good. So I, I'm not scared of, of the quarterback. I know he's banged up, but uh, they're coming in now facing Seattle. Seattle is is very tough, actually, in the secondary. Top six in the league versus wide receiver position. Um, but this is the big one. They give the eight most fantasy points in the slot. 280.9 on the year is what they've given up. Ayuk runs 65% of his routes out of the slot. 489 of those 747 snaps have been out of the slot. He ran 87% route rate last week, 100% week 13. Uh, they, got a, um, they got ahead against Tampa. That's why he was, he was a little bit lower last week. Week 12, he saw 92% route rate. 80% of snaps last week. Again, that was, that was the game script. 95% week 13, 97% week 12. What do you expect from Brandon Ayuk? I'm curious to see why you're lower on him. One of us needs to check our math on that slot rate. I have Ayuk as about a quarter of the time he's in the slot. Now, of course, um, that can be game planned around if they want to get him away from uh, outside cornerbacks. You could move him inside, but uh, yeah, one of us one of us needs to check into that. But regardless. The Seahawks, interesting secondary. Like you said, they've allowed the, the sixth fewest fantasy points uh, this week. So by my rationale and looking at it, I'm expecting Ayuk to spend more time on the perimeter, which means he'll be in the coverage with Greek, Greek Woolen, who has six interceptions. Um, he's a uh, pro football focus, is 17th graded running uh, cornerback. That's why my I'm a little lower on him, but it's not the only reason. Um, I do also have concerns for Purdy. Um, San Francisco has really struggled. They've they've gone two and twelve against the spread in Seattle. Um, San Francisco's also dropped. I think their last five um, against the spread on Thursday, something like that. I wrote it up in the uh, full time fantasy um, Thursday night preview. Um, a lot of game trends, and this is Seattle. It, you know, it's a desperate. Uh, it's more of a must win situation for them, but. This is Brock Purdy's first road start. We're talking about a, a you know a rookie seventh rounder. It's his first primetime TV appearance. He's a little bit banged up. So to me, there's just that's you know my concerns. Um, I want to see how Purdy does in the situation with his first road start. Um, I'm not completely off him. I just you know that, like I said, I have some slight concerns, and because I have those concerns. I feel like Seattle covers in this game. I think it can be possibly a lower scoring, ugly type of game. So I'm just a little bit lower on Ayuk. I'm hoping, as I've been rambling, that you were able to verify the uh, conflicting conflicting data. Actually, I just pulled from the two main sources. I pulled data from one showing that if the figure I gave you, and the other one is showing the figure that you gave me. So we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna need a third verification now as the tiebreaker that's interesting that both sites are completely backwards yes that i mean that that, that happens uh you know i think uh i was looking at pro football focus who i generally look to when i'm trying to figure out um wide receiver cornerback stuff and and you know how often a guy spends on a perimeter versus uh inside so that's yeah interesting we'll have to verify that one off off air we'll we'll, we'll get back to that one uh jerry judy ecr 25 my rank 23 your rank 24 both of us slightly higher Finished as the wide receiver one last week. Huge game. He, he caught eight of nine targets, 73 yards, and, of course, three scores. 
most likely no Russell Wilson this week. Looks like it's going to be Brett Rippon time. How will Judy fare with Rippon? Can, can it be much worse than Wilson? That's the question, I guess. And then um, we all know Arizona gives up the most fantasy points, or let's say the most points per game in the NFL. This is NFL scoring, not fantasy points. 26.8 points a game is what they give up. Officially more than Detroit now by 0.1 on the year. Yeah, but you know, from a fantasy perspective, uh, Arizona is right there in the middle. 16th most fantasy points allowed to receivers, so they've been very, very average. Um, uh, I'm approaching it with extreme caution, Bill, just because we don't know the quarterback situation right now. I would say it's almost guaranteed that uh, Russell Wilson isn't going to play. And, and, you know, it's funny you could say, who would have thought this, you know, back in August and September that, that our, we're having to argue, is Brett Rippon really a downgrade from Russell Wilson? And yeah, I'm going to say yes. When you go back and look at, at, at him, um, he, he's a downgrade. You know, we finally actually had a, a decent game where uh, had Russell Wilson not got concussed, maybe he would finally uh, be ahead of uh, the bathroom pace or he'd be getting a little bit closer to, uh, you know, having more touchdown passes than bathrooms. And <laughs> now clearly that's, that's at risk of, of not happening. So I'm approaching everyone with, uh, you know, Denver in, in the passing game with a little caution. Um, however, you know, uh, the Broncos themselves, you know, Judy and uh, Dolkich are pretty much the only guys that, that feel like that were playing last week that are healthy this week. Cause even Kendall Clinton is now probably going to miss this game. So um, yeah, you could see a, you know, a really healthy uh, percentage of, um, of targets go uh, Jerry Judy's way, it, it, even with it being Brett Rippon, which means, you know, at this point, Hey, you know, you're probably setting him in. It, it feels like, um, this feels like a pretty decent game for Latavius Murray, who's been a, you know, a little disappointing over the last couple of games. But it feels like, you know, it could be a, a, an opportunity for him to finally come up and uh, post another RB2 week. Next up is DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. ECR is 43. My rank is 40. You're 42. Since coming back from injury and playing full snaps, he has finished as wide receiver 44, 23, and wide receiver 5 in PPR leagues. He ran 85.7% of routes last week, 84.2 in week 13. 80% route rate last week, 86.1% in week 13. 20% target share last week. However, they get the New York Jets this, this coming week, who are the third best in the league versus the wide receiver position. They've only given up 10 touchdowns all year. This is the sixth best. And they've given up the second fewest receiving yards all season, 1,543 yards. That's it. Can Chark continue the streak, or does it end this week? I have, you know, a lot of concerns with uh, Detroit's passing game this week, most li- most likely because of what you just said, which is the fact that the uh, the Jets have a pair of outstanding coverage corners. And looking at pro football focus, Ahmad Gardner, you know, number one graded cornerback, and that is a rookie, tremendous. Uh, that's, been, that's amazing. Uh, you know, just frustrating here from Houston because we had a chance – the Texans had a chance to draft him and, and, de- and decided to take Derek Stingley, who has been um, somewhat less effective than uh, Gardner, when, considering he has <laughs> the number one grade. But also, let's not forget uh, the other perimeter cornerback, uh, DJ Reed. Pro football focus grades him as their 15th cornerback. So you're talking about a pair of outstanding perimeter corners. Um, so you feel like every time DJ Chark potentially is trying to run deeper, get out from the outside there that you know it's a potential problem it definitely is one that favors the jets in this offense not to mention that um jared goff has been far more effective at home than he has on the road um so yeah you know i have some concerns with detroit's passing game this week you know that said we still bill you and i both have chart ranked uh what wide receiver 40 and wide receiver 42 so it's not like we're saying oh you know he's He's a guy that you can't start. You know, we're saying, hey, you know, he's solid. Uh, you know, wide receiver four or five. Um, Billy, I know uh, you were one of the highest in the entire industry on him this summer. We talked about him, uh, and you, you, you won me over. You sold me, so I, <laughs> I moved him up on my rankings too. And it feels like uh, it would have been nice validation had he stayed healthy because yeah, we've seen over uh, since he's returned, we've seen some of that upside, and he's looked really, really good. That said, yeah, I, um, you know, like I said, I, I, there's there's some concern to speak for the Lions. Yeah, I think if we would have got a full year from him, he probably would have been that wide receiver three range, uh, mm-hmm. which is where we had him ranked. 
Uh, we had about 50 or 60 spots higher than most people did uh, in our in our in our, our top 200 or 300, I should say. So uh, it was it, definitely disappointing to see him get hurt, but a little bit validated seeing seeing this this last few weeks, the stretch he's had uh, last player of the day. And then we'll hop into these start set questions that we have piling up inside the chat. Drake London, ECR 37, my rank 33, your 38. Again, we're splitting ways here. Marcus Mariota is placed in IR. I think that's a good thing for London. It's Ritter time. Ritter was, in my opinion, the most NFL-ready quarterback coming into the draft out of college uh, for this draft class. Uh, he went 3.10 3. in the draft. Um, he, he has some mobility, so he, he runs a 4.5240. Uh, yards per attempt in, in or yards per um, attempt at college were eight point four. Uh, early in camp is is what I was kind of looking back at. I wanted to see any comments that we had seen from Drake London regarding Ritter, and a comment that I stumbled across was that he liked the ball that London threw better than what Ritter threw. I mean, than what uh, Mariota threw. Um, so that was an interesting comment that I heard. So maybe they have a little bit of a built-in chemistry already from camp. It's been an up and down year so far for London. Uh, we've seen his highs. We've seen his lows. A lot of this, in my opinion, has been directly tied to Mariota and as well as uh, the the lack of of coaching, I should say, from from this team. Last week we saw twelve targets, which was encouraging. Eighty seven percent snap share, eighty eight percent route rate, one hundred ninety six air yards. These metrics, to me, are indicative of future success. Seeing somebody on the field that much. And having that much uh, air yards is 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 a good sign, and one of the best indications of 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 fantasy points to come. Finished this wide receiver twenty on the week. What's your thoughts on him this week? Yeah, the air yards uh, number that you just quoted really stands out too. Um, yeah, we go back to when we were covering um, this 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 spring, Billy, when we were doing our, our uh, rookie scouting profiles. I. I agree with you on Ritter. I, I'm kind of surprised that he fell in the draft as late as he did. But um, from an athletic standpoint, from an arm standpoint, it felt like, you know, he's probably a, a significant upgrade from a passer than what we've seen out of Marcus Mariota. But, you know, you question the the, uh, the play calling there where they've uh, stubbornly refused to um, attempt forward passes so often when they have uh, – Two top 10 players in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And week after week, we would see them go with you know, four or five targets and to just be disappear, to just disappear seemingly so. But um, I, I'm optimistic. You know, I think I have uh, uh, London very cautiously graded just because it, it's just complete unknown at this point. Um, but the, the matchup is, you know, it's kind of favorable. The Saints are, you know, right around average against wide receivers from a fantasy perspective, but they've been doing that without Marshawn Lattimore now for a significant amount of time. So, uh, you know, that's actually, you know, pretty impressive, but coming off a of bye week, uh, the Falcons and, and Ritter himself, have had extra time to prepare for this game, this situation and to, uh, you know, hopefully combat any butterflies or uh, concerns. So I, I I'm, optimistic that it could be a good situation but i'm approaching it like i said with caution because it's such a complete unknown it's trending in the right direction though all right that's all the players we're gonna talk about tonight let's go ahead and hop into the chat here i'll show the first one of course the best comment that we've seen all year right here jody best hosts uh best show with the best host in fantasy football thank you jose for the kind words uh but moving on to questions what's up fellas uh full ppr we need one we need two running backs and two flexes for this week. Options are Saquon, Kamara, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, Waddle, Godwin, Alave. Which four are you starting? Oh, let's see if we can leave that up there so I can think about it for a minute. Um, Walker, you know, we hit on it kind of at the top of the show. Uh, there's there's some concerns there. Not only is it a horrible matchup, we don't know how healthy he is. As fantastic as he's been all year, if I knew. Him physically, you know, if if I knew that he was ninety percent or better of of himself, the, the kid that we saw emerge after Rashad Penny went down, you know, he'd be uh, you know a no doubt starter every week, even if it was the uh, the Forty Nine ers or the eighty five Bears, whatever. You would just plug and play 
right now I have uh, Barkley and Kamara ranked ahead of him, even though um, you get the question how how healthy you know Barkley really is right now, and Kamara's kind of been a bit of a disappointment over the last uh, well, if not all season, definitely over like the last month or so. He's he's actually been pretty quiet. So um, I don't see how you can start Rashad White at this point with him basically splitting carries with. Um, uh, Fournette, you know, at this point, unless Fournette were somehow out of this game, then you could go that direction again. But it just comes down um, from me to, uh, you know, pure touches. And this and that is your first two guys there from a running back perspective. And then at receiver, um, wow, um, we were just talking about uh, the the, the uh, Falcons game. So Atlanta. Uh, that's interesting for Olave. Um, I think you're you you kind of have them ranked correctly. Like when you look at it, I mean, if I'm picking the four guys, it's got to be two of each. I'm going with uh, your your top two running backs there, and um, Waddle and Godwin. You know, consistently have been pretty much better options from a week to week perspective than Olave. But um, I I agree with you here, Jody. I have Saquon and Kamara firmly ahead of Walker and Rashad White. And then at receiver, although I love Olave's matchup this week, uh, I like Waddle and Godwin more. And the the usage that we're going to see from them, I think it also we're going to have a, a pretty heavily targeted game, I think, from Godwin because the Bengals actually are pretty exploitable in the, in the slot. Uh, they're much tougher out wide than they are. And so I expect that to be uh, a little bit more of a Godwin game. So I have Godwin at 16, I have Waddle at 14, and I have Olave uh, right now at 25. Uh, Lave probably bumps up once or two spots, depending upon uh, some news yeah, that we one, have. One thing, I, I don't feel like snow is supposed to be a factor in Buffalo uh, for this game, but it's something to watch. Uh, and as we get closer to that game time, if you're seeing a really heavy forecast for snow, that could have a big impact on not only just Miami, but you know, uh, it could have a big impact on the entire you know, passing offense for them if it's a lot of snow. I'm not expecting it, though. That's why I still feel like right now, Waddle's the way to go. Yep, over under 12 and a half points today from Walker. Uh, PPR points. Um, so I have him as a mid-range, you know, in the mid-20s, I think, in my personal rankings. I have him around RB25. Um, that is me being cautious because I know that, uh, you know, he's an elite player. Terrible matchup, though. With the biggest concern, I don't want to read too much in the matchups. And, you know, this is a must-win game for Seattle. And I actually am optimistic that not only are they going to cover, but I think they can outright win this game. I think it'll be close. Um, it's just a concern of itself. Um, Pete Carroll's not the most forthcoming guy when it comes to that kind of stuff either. So it's a little tricky. It's a little hard to touch him. So, um, gosh, um, jumping versus running backs. I'm just curious if Billy Pickett for a second. I'm going to see how often San Francisco's given up 12 and a half. EPR points to uh, I'm going to say it's probably pretty low. They're the, um, the most stout run defense in the NFL. Um, <laughs> they haven't given up 60 rushing yards all year to any one running back. So, yeah, uh, 12.5. Let's see. One, two. So, he would have to have like 50 yards and a touchdown to get that, or he'd have to have at least five a couple times, catches. Five times this year, a running back has scored more than 12 and a half EPR points against San Francisco. That was Rashad White. Um, James that was a late Conner. touchdown. James Connor, who scored a touchdown. Austin Eckler, who does that against everybody. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon back in uh, week three, who ran a who ran one in. He only I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the under here, Jody. Feels like that's the safe bet. Yeah. Uh, next one we have is. Let me see here. Needing help on which quarterback to start? Trevor Lawrence, Rodgers, Danny Dimes, or Mike White? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's uh, clearly been your most consistent and, and uh, best player at this point. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I wouldn't feel very comfortable starting him at all. Uh, same thing with um, Danny, Danny Dimes. Dimes. I mean, he, he's got that rushing upside, but but uh, that that's about uh, you know where where he's limited. And Mike White, uh, best matchup clearly goes to him, but how healthy is he? I, I don't see how. He's a tough son of a bitch. I think he's going to get it out. I, I think he'll be fine, too. But like I said, he could take one uh, one 
hit in the midsection that could knock in that, that doesn't even seem like anything or get pushed out of bounds. And, you know, that could, uh, before you know it, we'll see Zach Wilson in, which you know, that'd be a disaster for all of us. But uh, the fantasy playoffs, and I think you generally don't want, you know, want to overanalyze things too much. So you go with the guys, you know, who probably got you there. And that's uh, Lawrence. Yep, I have Lawrence right now at quarterback 10. Mike White's actually at 11, so I have Mike White ahead of Danny Dimes and Rodgers this week. Um, Rodgers I have right now at 18, and then I have uh, Danny Dimes at 16. Uh, I have Lawrence at 9 and White at 11. Yep, so so I think it's... um, Even though Lawrence has a tough matchup, I, I, I I still like him this week ahead of of Mike White. Uh, you think Kittle goes over or under 39 and a half yards? Kittle, uh, very good matchup. Uh, the Seahawks have routinely been gouged by tight ends all season, but um, the concern is usage. He hasn't gotten a ton of targets with uh, Brock Purdy, but you know maybe with uh, you no, know Debo. Debo, with Debo being out, um, this feels like a. I can't get. There's a couple of guys that I, I manage to get wrong all the time, and uh, he's one of them. Because it seems like every week I elevate uh, George Kittle as a top three or top four tight end is one of them weeks when he's got two catches for 26 yards. And every week I'm like, okay, well, they're just not using it. I'm dropping him down tight end 10. You know, that's when he catches five for 71 and touchdown. But, um, I think for the season I'm I'm like top 10 in every single category except tight end. It's like, 90th or yeah. something like that uh, so so yeah. take it for a grain of salt but i'm gonna say kittle goes over 39 and a half i like over too <laughs> i like the matchup they give they give up i think the second most to the position so i'm gonna roll with it i moved up kittle to number two this week so um that just means that he's gonna finish at like 22 and we're all screwed so uh that's been my tight end rankings for the year that's in, in a nutshell moving on we have half point ppr flex walker versus sf or elijah moore versus detroit Cody? Uh, interesting with, uh, you love the matchup for Elijah Moore, especially with uh, Corey Davis looking like he's probably not going to play. Um, but like I said, the point, you get a little concerned with, um, well, both of these situations have a little bit of concern for me. That's Mike White's health. I have to assume that he's healthy, that they're trotting him out there. It's a must-win game. For the Jets. You saw 10 targets last week, too. Their playoff games likely. Like I said, yeah, but with, and with Corey Davis gone, I you know, I'm, I'm I'm on board with Elijah Moore. I I, I really kind of like him this week, but um, I don't know that I have that I have the heart to sit Ken Walker because Kenneth Walker has just been absolutely tremendous, and that's a tough it's a tough tough call. Um, don't don't have the cojones to do it, huh? No, it's only half PPR. Where if it was full PPR, I might. Yeah, that's true. More, you know, easily towards Elijah Moore. Um, I feel like, okay, the upside play is Elijah Moore, and I think the safer play is probably Walker. If you I'm, don't, a, I'm on board with that. That's exactly how I was going to answer. If you don't want to cut it out tonight, which, and I couldn't blame you, then uh, you know, leave Walker out and, and take your chances. I was literally going to say, if, you need to, if you're looking for a home run, I'm playing Elijah Moore. If you want to play it safe, go ahead and play Walker. But I lean Elijah Moore in this situation. He saw 10 targets last week. Love the matchup. I like Mike White. The guy's the guy's got swag. He's out there throwing the ball. I like it. Probably no Corey Davis. Yep. So I I like Elijah Moore this week, but I'm also down on Walker versus ECR as well. Um, Christian Watson or Amari Cooper this week? It's a good question. Ooh. I have um, really close together. I mean, how do you how do you sit Christian Watson? The, the I, you just, can't. Yeah, the guy just keeps scoring, and, and and Cooper's a little bit banged up right now. I don't, I don't think it's a huge concern but um he doesn't play well when he's banged up no, yeah and, and his play's kind of dropped off a little bit since uh deshaun watson's been under center yeah. so uh, i lean watson here i just don't think you yeah. can sit him he's scored like every single week <laughs> it's just that's all he does is catch touchdowns he's, he's like the, the he's like the jamal williams of of the receivers new, the new chris carter yeah exactly yeah, I, I I don't think you like in my rankings right now reflect they have they have Amari Cooper two spots ahead of them, but that's yeah. that'll that'll change. I I I will have probably Amari Cooper near that twenty five twenty six spot. 
Watson will probably move to 22 range, if not higher. Baltimore secondary has improved over the last several mm-hmm. weeks against wide receivers. And you're looking at an over-under of a, just 38 in that game. So I hate, to, I hate to say, you know, sit Cooper. But like I said, I mean, I don't know. I, li- I like the uh, the safe touchdown <laughs> consistency of Watson. Okay. Next one is Dobbins or Swift. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we talk about how good the Jets' defense has been, at, you know, against the pass, and we're kind of uh, – it was just so frustrating to watch, um, you know, last week for Detroit when, you know, it's a game that they won. It's a game the offense was humming pretty well, but uh, both Jamal Williams and uh, Swift weren't all that involved and both had kind of, uh, you know, disappointing games. Um, I still feel like he, he feels like the, the, the right play from a – perspective of you know he's going to be involved as a as a as a receiver which is something that um Dobbins is not likely to do um like I said earlier though how good Dobbins has been when he's gotten double digit touches so feels like if that's where you know you go here Dobbins with 10 to 12 touches I, I don't know you Billy do you feel like Swift can get there he saw not necessarily a reduced snap count last week because of, I think it was game script related, but he did see uh, less snaps to Jamal last week. Again, they got Justin Jackson involved last week again, but again, I think that was all game script based on the score of the game. Um, I, I like Swift as the talent. I don't fully trust how much they get him involved on a week to week basis. It Dobbins though, love the matchup versus Cleveland. We talked about him earlier in the show. I lean Dobbins in this scenario just because of the matchup, and I think they're going to just run the shit out of the ball. That being said, the knee kind of scares me, and so it 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 kind of it's kind of one of those things where the usage of Swift scares me, but the knee scares me for Dobbins. I'm looking at my personal rankings, and I do have Dobbins uh, four spots ahead. Yeah, that's about where I have him too, about three or four spots. So, so I lean Dobbins in the scenario pretty much only due to the matchup. Um, if it was a tougher matchup, I'd probably go Swift, but because it's Cleveland, I'm I'm leaning Dobbins. Next one we have is is Waddle or Pittman. This was closer than people think. I think I, I everyone's going to say Waddle, but there's a real yeah, case to be made for Pittman this week. Yeah, that's you know again. Like you said the first thing will be like I said. I don't feel like weather's supposed to be a factor there in Buffalo, but it's something that uh, you know you need to check on. Let me see what my rankings here. I have Waddle up pretty high. I have him uh, around a wider. Yeah, so he's 12th. And Pittman is 25. So that probably, he'll probably sneak up here. It's a pretty good matchup um, for the, you know, the Colts against the Vikings who <laughs> uh, have really, really uh, tailed off against the Steelers. Um, and it's a dome game. Yeah, like a, like Billy said, it should probably be a little bit closer, but but you know, right now I have uh, Waddle pretty pretty comfortably ahead of him. Okay, next one we have is Acres or Dobbins or Swift. So we just answered Dobbins or Swift. So let's do Acres versus Dobbins. For me, it's pretty clearly Dobbins. Cam Acres. Yep. Yeah. Can't. Okay. He's a distant third. Next one is Chris Moore, Adam Thielen, Ayuk, Zay Jones, Drake London. Pick three. Um, what was I looking at with the, with the, I know there was a reason that I was pretty cool on, um, Adam Thielen this week, Billy, what is it? Help me, help me think what, why I <laughs> was lower on a guy. Uh, was something I read or something I looked at. Because uh, Indy, Indy's good. They have a good secondary. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the Colts have a pair of outstanding perimeter cornerbacks. Now, um, they can't. They are exploitable rent side, so uh, you know Thielen might not necessarily be impacted too much from that. But still, it's not um, it's not a, a you know matchup to necessarily go out of your way to to make sure you get him in your lineup. So Ayuk, um, um, I'm a little lower than uh, ECR on Ayuk. However, he's still a you know wide receiver 25, wide receiver 26 for me this week. So that's significantly higher than Thielen. Um, Zay Jones. Uh, like his usage, but um, Dallas is tough too. Uh, yeah, Dallas is. 
why are we? I mean, Chris Moore, um, obviously least talented of the group. However, he's most likely going to be Houston's wide receiver one again in a matchup where they're going to be seeing a ton of <laughs> comfort behind fantasy garbage, favorable game script type situation. That said, if you're relying on that, you know that that, that feels problematic and and. Uh, Drake London, we, we talked about him uh, quite a bit earlier. I'm really excited to see um, how the Falcons start using him. So, to me, like I said, um, it, it comes down to three. I feel like you're sticking with Thielen and IU. Here's your safest bets, and then it's going to come down to, I'll look at my personal rankings here right now, Moore, Jones, and London. As Billy's talking, I'll look at where they are right I I'm gonna go London Ayuk and Thielen in this matchup. I I I like Drake London this week. I'm higher on ECR versus Drake London. We talked about him earlier as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like it as a as an upside shot. Uh, it, it's more of a ceiling play as well. So I, I think London has a, a a a decent matchup and and with Ritter at helm, I think that they they want to see what the rookie has. And they're gonna let him air it out a little bit more. So I like Drake London. This I have London 10 spots ahead of Chris Moore currently. And Zay Jones is right around the, right around the same area. So. Flip a coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Etienne or Foreman? Etienne for me. Yeah. Um, gosh. And it breaks down to snap share is what it raises. I mean, yeah. Etienne's been... Less than stellar, but he's still seeing about eighty percent of snaps. Performance seeing about forty percent or thirty. And there's there's the key there. Etienne is the better bet to be on the field and to uh, accumulate more overall touches. Whereas Foreman has maybe been better over the last couple of games, but now he's kind of seeing himself in a, in a almost sixty forty or fifty five forty five type situation with the uh, Chuba Hubbard and even uh, Blackshear is even getting involved too. So. Yeah, it feels like, you know, go here with the uh, safer volume. Okay, we got time for about two, maybe three more questions. Um, or we can go through and just do these rapid fire. Which one do you prefer? There's about there's about eight or nine, maybe ten questions in there. Well, we got a uh, game's about to kick off, so we got to. Let's do, do let's do fire. rapid fire. So a lot of these players we've already talked about. So the, let's just do rapid fire so everybody gets their question answered. Ayuk or Pittman? Uh, I've still got Ayuk a little bit higher. Okay, Eileen Pittman in this scenario. Barkley or Connor? Uh, Connor gets Denver. Barkley gets yeah. Washington. I'm going to lean uh, Saquon here because of the matchup. Okay, Eileen Saquon as well, although Connor uh, may see a large workload, so that's a close one, but Eileen Barkley. Uh, Mike White or Gino? Uh, I still have I have them back to back. I mean, this is basically a uh, flip, terrible situ- uh, terrible matchup for Gino, but uh, he's been uh, you know pretty good, pretty good at home. Uh, better matchup for Mike White. So, um, look at my rankings. Uh, I, I think I've got them back to back. Honestly, just gotta remember which one is uh, <laughs> which one's ahead. Um, I, I moved Mike White ahead of him this week. Actually, did too. Yeah, I have White, White at eleven. Hey, okay, nice. Where do you have Brock Purdy? Because right, it's the same game. I'm just curious. Uh, QB 18. Oh, come on. How, how are you going to move Joe Montana up down like that? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, we hit on it earlier. I have, you know, a few concerns. <laughs> Ayuk or Christian Watson? I, I don't uh, think you can sit Christian Watson right now. No, I don't. I, I don't see how you I don't, I don't see how you sit him. Okay. Cordero Patterson or is he even better with Ritter? Yes or no? Um, well, you know, the Falcons, uh, I don't know that they'll necessarily stop the way that they're using their running backs, which has actually been pretty effective for them. You can only hope that, uh, they throw them more passes. And if that's a thing, then, uh, that'll actually help Patterson. Okay. Uh, Walker or DPJ? I go DPJ. Uh, are we talking Ken Walker? I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a, there's a decent chance that that Peoples Jones, who's been one of the most consistent, rapid white- fire, Jody, rapid fire. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's go with the DPJ. Yeah. All right, Swift or Walker, rapid fire. Swift. Okay, uh, and I I go Swift as well. Rapid fire, Green Bay defense or Denver defense. 
Denver. Denver as well for me too. Rapid fire. We already did that one. Oh no, it's this, he added another player in there. Uh, rapid fire. Pick three: Chris Moore, Thielen, Ayuk, Zay Jones, Drake, or Elijah Moore. He added uh, Elijah Moore to that mix. Add, add Elijah Moore now. Okay. Yep. I I'd go Ayuk, Elijah Moore in London. And nope, that's not a question. Uh, not the best matchup is 49ers defense still must start. Yes, absolutely. 40. 49ers defense, is it a must start still? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And then the last question of the night, and then we're out of here. Deep league, Purdy versus Seattle or Tanny versus Chargers? I'm Or, or Matt Ryan versus Minnesota? <laughs> oh, I'm rocking with Purdy, man. I'm doing it. Billy's, Billy's going with Purdy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, those other two just have such low floors. Though Matt Ryan's playing in the Dome this week. It's pretty much a home game then. Okay, I'll give him the slight edge. So you're going to go Matt Ryan. I'm going to go Purdy. That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Good about it. We're out of here. Have a good night. Take care.